Welcome to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with Mur de Marmion. On our program, we explore the ancient, current, and future modalities that are used in sound therapy and vibrational healing. We share information that is vital for a new paradigm of thinking and being to embrace vibration important for healing illness and disease. And now, here is your host, Mur de Marmion. Welcome. It's Mur de Marmion, and welcome to this episode of Journeys into the Heart of Vibration. And we're all about everything about sound frequency and vibration. This week's episode is a spotlight on Asheville, which we're doing um, for this sweet little hometown. And we welcome Derek Graziano, owner of Sources of Sound. Uh, Derek is a luthier, a lapidarist, musician, and facilitator specializing in sound vibrations through crystals. Derek creates gemstone bridges for instruments that he crafts from scratch, as well as custom bridges that replace existing ones on musicians' instruments. We're going to talk about the healing aspects of crystals and stones and how they are enhanced and radiated through the vibration and frequency of music. And he will also share the subtle vibrations through gemstones, through electromagnetics, and heightened the uh, energy, the healing energy, which can help dispel many blockages and expand consciousness for breakthroughs. So I also welcome my new co-host, Wendy Morrison, who is joining us on the show today, too. And let's get started. Welcome. Thanks for having Thanks. us. And Wendy, welcome. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have a good show. So yeah. let's just dive right in. Um, Derek, so yes. this is a fascinating journey, and I and Wendy and I are both like crystal maniacs, so you will have our rapt <laughs> attention. <laughs> so what came first, music or crystals, or both? Um what were your early years like? And were you a performer? Were you playing with stones at a young age? Did you have a rock tumbler? Talk to us here. Well, to get on your philosophical question, you know, <laughs> it, it feels like most stances of belief talk about the word or sound being what spawned creation. And I guess... <laughs> I look in the physical realm and I see crystals and we have our energetic crystalline structures and that to me seems like condensed forms of vibration and sound. So I would go with music as first and last. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and crystals possibly a byproduct and a signpost pointing towards them. Uh-huh. Um, mm. I, as far as my, my childhood and the stones, I... I looking back, I really, I didn't understand stones the way I do now, or I didn't think mm-hmm. about them as I do. It wasn't exciting. A quartz point didn't seem any different from a pebble I found at the beach, you know, mm-hmm. and that was my thing. Or like I would, yeah, every, every family vacation, I would bring a stone back, but it wasn't a special stone. It was just special to me, you know, um, my mom had a countertop filled with all of the stones I would bring for my <laughs> travels. Nice. <laughs> um, but I didn't really get into the crystals, crystals until maybe 10 years ago or so. Oh. 
I was taking my first trip to the Asheville area, actually. I um, was camping down in the Mills River area, about 45 minutes from Asheville. And I've been playing my hammer dulcimer for four or five years at that point, and been traveling and performing on the sidewalk and just engaging with people playing my music. And while camping, I found this really orange-streaked piece of quartz. And, you know, it was about the size of, I don't know, a pencil or something, you know, folded in half, sticking out of the mm-hmm. ground. I started digging at this thing. The next thing I knew, I had something the size of a cinder block that was, like, orange and white and clear quartz all marbled together. And the moment I pulled that out of the ground, the thought of, I wonder if I could put a quartz bridge onto the hammer dulcimer that I want to build myself came into my mind. And it was definitely, you know, looking back on my journey and where I've come from that point, it was definitely a, uh, like, wow, that stone was talking to me (laughs) and imparted (laughs) me with this, this need and want and desire to figure out how to put, a piece of quartz as a bridge on an acoustic instrument. Mm. That's very cool. Yeah. It, uh, it took about, it took about four years, maybe three or four years from that point till actually getting the opportunity to be ready to build my own instrument. I found a retired gentleman where I was living in Florida that let me come to his workshop and use all of his lapidary equipment so I actually shaped and polished up all of this jade and rose quartz to go onto my first hammer dulcimer that I ever built. Mm-hmm. How and did you learn to build the dulcimer? How Did you study with someone or did you just like set your mind to it and do it? Um, I... So my journey in music was I dropped out of community college after a week and I bought my first acoustic (laughs) guitar with my half tuition reimbursement. (laughs) And and then from that moment, I always felt like, you know, I'd love to build my own instrument. I'd love to build my own instrument. Um, That same trip that I came to Asheville and dug that stone out of the ground, I actually went and interviewed with a gentleman in Black Mountain, a neighboring town, who had been building hammer dulcimers and various other kind of Renaissance stringed instruments for nearly 30 years at that point, and um, set up a time six months later where I returned to the area to live for about a year and a half, and I ended up working in his workshop um, doing like sanding and finishing and stringing and tuning of the instruments that he was building. So he was doing all the woodworking, but I kind of have an engineer brain from school training and I got to see all the parts and pieces going together and how he was milling them. And so then, you know, after being there for the year and a half and doing some more traveling, ending up in Florida, meeting the retired gentleman with the lapidary equipment and everything, my hands and me, I'm just, I like working with tools. I'm very good at taking an idea and turning it into the physical manifestation. And so seeing his, this guy put all the dulcimers together, I, I knew how to do it already um, wow. without having actually done the work on it. But that was getting to build my instrument. You know, I was living on a farm. The guy 
I was living with lived in the Virgin Islands and had all this tropical hardwood that he collected, and he literally like sent me loose in his wood shop with all of this tropical oh hardwood gosh. that I haven't even been able to get in the states here. Like I can't even order that. It's like he brought it here in a box car when he moved to the states from the Virgin Islands. And, oh my uh, goodness! It was yeah, a very serendipitous occurrences to get me to having my five octave hammered dulcimer with jade and rose quartz bridges on it. Is that the one that, that you're playing on the YouTube that I saw? Yeah, I think you were, okay. you had talked about the uh, the Echo Sessions recordings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's like 40-minute yeah. piece where I've got my monochord and I'm playing a flute and then the hammered dulcimer that I'm playing predominantly mm-hmm. through that mm-hmm. video. That is, yeah. That's, that's amazing. Amazing. that's amazing. Yes, it was really amazing. <laughs> Thanks. I just want to build a bed on that monochord and never You're leave. Yeah. <laughs> it would be nice. I made a massage table for somebody that had a monochord up the side of it one time. Wow. A couple years back. So oh. what what types of instruments have you created to date besides your hammered smurra and the, and the monochord and the flutes? You make a lot of flutes, too, don't you? I do. That's uh, that's kind of my bread and butter, I guess, um, <laughs> just because more people are ready to shell out, you know, 175 250 for a flute than they are 2500 $3,500 for a custom-built stringed instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, but I built, um, I built that massage table. This gentleman wanted a massage table that he could actually lay two people down on at the same time. So the whole top yeah. of it was hardwood, um, poplar and mahogany that I had jointed together. And then he wanted to be able to almost do like couples therapy massage to a degree. Like, so I built a 50 string monochord that went up the legs and in between oh the lengths of this table. So the strings were almost five feet long, had a soundboard and box wow. on the back of that. And, um, that had three octaves on it. And he wanted to be able to basically lay people down, attune them together with the music vibrating through both of their bodies at the same time and do like a therapy session after doing massages with the both of them so that they were all tuned in together, they were relaxed, and they were ready to reconcile the difference that they might have. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That. <laughs> um, there was... <laughs> It's really fun and blessed work I get to do. I would <laughs> say. Um, there, last, like I said, year and a half, two years ago now, um, I built a Celtic folk harp for a woman that uh, she ended up here in Skinny Beats Drum Shop where I work in downtown Asheville uh, looking at our, you know, kind of, they're made nicely, but they're, they're beginner model instruments. She was looking at the harps and she started talking with me and she ended up having me build one for her that, you know, we went to the lumber yard together and picked out black walnut to make the harp out mm-hmm. of. And I used this part of a tree trunk from the black walnut tree and left the bark on it and used that bend of the branch into the tree trunk main part as the top mm-hmm. of the harp. And, you know, she had collected crystals and we went to different crystal shops and there was all sorts of quartzes and a Lumerian and a Petersite grids on the soundboard and Moldavite <laughs> on the helm of the top of it. And that was a really fun one to build too. Tibetan quartz <laughs> grids on there. 
That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> so those, those are like the ones I really like to do in, in a sense that, like I said, I can take an idea and turn it into manifestation, physical. That's what I've done. Or like for those two people, you know, my finished product surpassed their inner vision that we sat down mm. with coffee for and talked about. And, you know, I chicken scratch a couple doodles in my notebook and take a couple measurements and they're like, that's it. You're going to turn that into something. And then, you know, <laughs> months later I've got this finished product. That's just like, that was the picture in my mind. Only it wasn't that detailed or that's how did you actually make what I wanted <laughs> out of those chicken scratches you put in your notebook? <laughs> That's br- this is brilliant. Oh my gosh. I'm yeah. I'm excited about uh, this. I need to I need to see what do you do you so most of your work like that is custom, right? Right. So the the more of the monochords and the hammer dulcimers and those string instruments, those are more like commission pieces where I'm mm. having somebody put a deposit down, maybe even breaking the payments into thirds because again, you know, it's like a three thousand dollar investment. Um, and it's going to take me five, six months to build. So I'll ask for a deposit to get materials going and get me started and get things to a certain point, ask for another payment. And then when it's all stringed up and all done, you know, you only own like a third of what's left mm-hmm. of the payment. It makes total um, sense. And then the, Absolutely. I do the flute kind of in a similar way. You know, I'll have people pay me half up front and make them something special. They want a particular crystal as the, fetish on the top of it where your breath passes and I'll make them their flute but because they're kind of smaller I'll make you know two to five other flutes as well so then I have mm-hmm. some extra ones for sale mm. I was looking at your flutes I love how you notch out that um, the bird or the whatever they call that I think the Native, uh-huh. Native Americans call it a bird but right. it's like really cool Have you, did you see that Wendy? With his flutes? Yeah, I did. Yes. Yes. And I... They re, they re, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was curious they about refer the, to that the little crystals notch. that you use. Yeah. Yes, the knot. They refer to that little knot Over the, the chimney. Over the Mm-hmm. Um, no, and so that actually... Maybe. Because on the flute, your breath actually... There's a wall in there, so you blow in one end, and your breath jumps out of the flute, passes mm-hmm. underneath the bird, and then gets cut into the other chamber of the flute to make the tone. Um, and so that chimney with those two feet kind of sticking out next to it makes you, makes the wind cross breeze playing outside, not blow your breath out of the flute. So it mm-hmm. still makes a tone when the wind is blowing outside. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. I saw a diagram of it. It's like this little, they call it a chimney or something. It just kind of goes right through the center, but it's, it's very thin. Is it, that was just the cross section. I used to have a flute, and I just, it wasn't my thing, but um, <laughs> it was really cool. I really enjoyed it while I was having, while I had it. Well, we're coming up on a break here in about 30 seconds. Um, have you studied energy work um, formally? I Derek? am a Reiki 1 initiate, okay. and that's really the furthest I've taken it got it yeah I was I was curious because I I thought I saw you um because that's my lineage and that's 
actually the lineage that I taught, that I teach. And I, I thought I saw you working with energy with that. And it's, it was pretty cool. Um, so hold, hold that thought and we'll be right back after our break and we'll pick up where we left off. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com We experience all sorts of changes as we move through life, marriage, raising children, moving up the corporate ladder, and saving for retirement. To maneuver smoothly through these changes, tune in to Practical Solutions for Life with host Catherine Wilking. Through engaging guests, fun topics, and feng shui solutions, you will learn how to take charge and move from chaos to prosperity. Be sure to listen live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice of America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with Mur de Marmion. To find out more about us and the program, please visit creativedivinestudios.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration. This is Mur de Marmion. One of your hosts and my co-host, Wendy Morrison, is also online. And hello? today we're talking, yes, hello, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> today we're talking with Derek um, Graziano, who is um, the owner of Sources of Sound, and we're having a very fascinating discussion um, about crystals and musical instruments that he custom makes and all sorts of cool things. So we're going to pick right up. So, Derek, I have a question for you. Um, you talk about changing from our standard 440 tuning to a more nature-based harmonic. Are you working in solfeggio scale or something else or an ancient tuning? Um, so, what I've been using, it, it's referred to as 432 instead of okay. the concert standard, which is 440. And all right. of that number denotes is the frequency in hertz of the A note below middle C on a piano. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, in standard tuning, that note's 440. You go up an octave, it's 880. But at 432, you go up an octave, and it's like, what is that, 864. And Mm -hmm. so by changing that one note, you're changing all the frequencies in the whole spectrum of the music that you're playing. And by changing all of those notes, you're actually changing the space between the notes. So a chord is still a major chord, but the amount of space between those notes making up the chord is slightly different. Mm-hmm. So it's different sine waves melting together. And just from a musical standpoint of harmonics and flow, I, I like the 432 to my ears and to my feeling in my body. Um, but then you take that frequency set of all the notes that are created when you're in 432 and all of these, um, uh, what's the word, they're like harmonic similarities start popping up where you take all the numbers in the angles of three-dimensional shapes, platonic solids, 
take all the numbers and the angles of, you know, a triangle and a square and a pentagon and a hexagon, and all of those numbers end up falling within the frequency set of 432. So you're mm-hmm. playing with harmonic intervals that are matching up to three-dimensional building blocks. Mm-hmm. And then you get into further about, you know, there's measurements of the distance from the Earth to the Sun and the Moon to the Earth and revolutions of planets around, and they end up being in these frequency sets that come into 432. And then just the cream of the crop, I guess, is that Pachamama, Mothership Earth, Gaia, is in F-sharp in 432. That's what mm-hmm. she plays at. Um, and so the Native American flutes that I make, uh, you know, not in a direct lineage, but that's, there's been a, numerous indigenous flutes that have been found. And, you know, this was before, these flutes are being made before an electronic tuner that has a green light when it's in tune, quote unquote. But these flutes that they find are in 432, and a lot of them are in F sharp as their root note of the flute. The 432 was our original tuning before it got changed and there's some there's some discrepancy about when that happened some people said during world war ii other people have said it was during the 18th century um we i had a guest on like the second guest on the show his name is randy masters he's a harmonic mathematician and he talks about this and what you were talking about is exactly what he was talking about (laughs) It's so cool. <laughs> and all of my Tibetan bulls are tuned to 432. Right. So, yeah. And I think that's, um, um, they do that on purpose. You know, that's how, they're just, just how they're made. Right. The bulls are saying? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then they do that on purpose, making us listen to 440 music. Because right. I know, right? That <laughs> was, that was something that didn't come about until around World War Two. And it was, it was World War II. Okay. It was it was research into the human brain and frequencies that affect which hemisphere of the brain. So you <laughs> play four thirty two music for people and the right hemisphere intuitive side of the brain becomes activated and you play four forty music and the left hemisphere logical side of the brain becomes activated. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to run a society without free thinkers, then all of your media music and all of your radio music and all of your commercial music is going to be in 440 so that nobody's intuitive brain is being activated. <laughs> Good figure. <laughs> That's why I don't listen I know, right? to modern music. Everything is <laughs> my Sofoji t- tuning forks, my bowls, my, you know, that's all I listen to. <laughs> Um, did you have a question, Wendy? I thought I have a question about the crystals because, as Nurse said, I'm a crystal geek as, as she is, and um, I heard you talk about the rose quartz and the jade, and then the clear quartz is a natural amplifier. Are there quartz? Are there certain crystals that you gravitate towards for your instruments? Um, yeah, there's. I don't even know how many different varieties of quartz there are. You know, there's celestial quartz right. and Lumerian quartz and clear quartz and milky quartz. And like, mm-hmm. I've used a bunch of different kinds of quartzes. I've even had crystals on the chopping block, I'll call it. And like, I literally, I can almost hear them screaming, please don't, please don't. 
I'll, I'll stop it. I'll, I'll put them away. Uh, I'll, I'll put them back in my collection kind of thing, or I'll give them back to the person that wanted me to build their instrument with that. And it's just, some of them seem too sanctified to cut into and ruin their matrix. It feels like, but there's a, yeah. a variety called singing courts, which when a crystal's called singing, it has to do with the dimensions of them. And then they also end up, when they clank together, they emit a very tinkly, overtone, melodious kind of musical sound instead of just a clanking together of rocks. Oh, I've heard that. Um, yeah. I've, so the singing chords um, on guitars and the stringed instruments, I really, that's been like one of my favorite ones as far as something about that has a better magnetic amplification or it becomes more tangible feeling when playing those instruments. Um, I really like rose quartz too. Um, On the guitars, hammer dulcimers, on the flutes even. It's been really fun too. Like, take one flute, it's just got five holes in it. You play those five holes like a recorder, like the way the flute's played, you know, you're going to get the same notes all the time. But I'll take the birdie piece and I'll put a piece of amethyst on that flute and I'll play it, take that birdie off and put some nephrite jade on there and play it. Mm-hmm. And then those same notes, my body's perceiving them in a totally different way because there's a different magnetic pocket being created by that crystal. So my energetic right. body is perceiving that music in a different way. Even though my ears are still perceiving it as an E note and an A note, my body is perceiving it as this whole different informational setup just because the, the crystal got changed. Right. Yeah, I use um, tuning forks with crystals and I'll have a clear quartz and it, and I feel a certain way and I'll play on amethyst. Totally different. It's just yeah. fascinating. It's fascinating how that works. Very much so. So when you make... Uh, sorry. When you make like... When you make um, a Native American flute with several different birds, do you teach the individual about that? And do you teach about the vibration of the crystals and, and you know, the properties and, and things like that? Um, mostly in as much as the person might be inquiring about it okay. um, or kind of just getting a feeling of the information that they might wanting you know some people it's purely they just appreciate what I'm doing and they have this particular stone at home that they want me to build their flute with um, and I'll put that all together for them and then other people you know they are they're leading sound circles they're playing at sacred fire ceremonies they want something that's going to bring abundance and love to everybody Mm -hmm. that hears it. And so then we start going through the different crystals that might amplify that particular intention and build something towards that. Very cool. Very cool. So you, you put some really amazing embedded crystal mandalas on your, some of your instruments that, and that's on your monochord where you can actually see the light coming through it. That's amazing. Uh-huh. That was, so, yeah, that was, that was my own special creation for me to use, basically. 
Um, I kind of figured that. <laughs> <laughs> that was, um, so I literally, I, I got asked to do a crystalline sound activation workshop through a local store called Enter the Earth, which they have a facility Love in Madagascar, they have a retail store, they have a warehouse in the area, and then they do all these metaphysical workshops pertaining to crystals. They invited me to do one with the instruments I had, you know, the guitars, the hammer dulcimer, the flutes, to do this crystalline sound activation workshop. And that was the name that the woman had come up with. And I was just like, you know, crystalline sound activation. I've got to get this thing out of my mind and actually do that for people when they're there. And so it was about two and a half months from when the date was set to when I had the workshop. I literally went out and started buying materials and getting crystals together and I built my monocord with the chair set up in that two and a half months time. I just was like nose to the grindstone creating this thing so that when I showed up to the workshop, I could sit people in this chair and do a crystalline sound activation on them. Wow. Um, and so the monocord itself, the strings are four and a half feet long. I used the flower of life pattern of geometry as my layout to find the nodes within that flower of life is how I laid out the mandala. And mm. there's a star tetrahedron of quartz that's in the middle of the sound hole that I made a wooden yeah. piece to hold that right in the middle of the sound hole. And then from the sound hole going outwards, there's a six crystal grid of all of the colors. So there's six mm. fire agates, there's six of the orange quartz that I found in Carolina. There's six yellow prenites. What else do I have in there? There's <laughs> orange calcite, there's aquamarine, there's oh green calcite, um, amethyst. And then, so that's like one grid per chakra, essentially. And then around all of mm -hmm. that, I have a grid of rose quartz which is a loving, releasing, transformative stone. And then around all of it, I have a grid of Tibetan quartz, which is a stone that's very tied into the Mother Earth crystal gridding. So from the star tetrahedron in the middle, as a representation of the human light body, each chakra related outward from that, we're clearing out through the sound vibrations that you're sitting on the frame of this instrument and that's all being released with the rose quartz back to Pachamama to be transmuted in another way. Wow. So now and I drew a hole behind all the crystals. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I was going to say, and I, and I drilled holes behind all the crystals and put LED lights inside the instrument so that the crystals themselves are kind of like stained glass and the light shines through the different colors of the stones. Wow. So, did you study with someone about all of what you just talked about, about releasing to Pachamama and all this, or is this information that you were getting yourself? I would say that the vast majority of it is my own intuitive revelations coupled with, That's one. you know, asking just the right person just the right question when I have that opportunity or going to one of those enter the earth workshops and mm -hmm. getting to actually experience putting
putting a grid together, using my Reiki attunement to tie that all together and actually feel that electromagnetic pocket that got created by that grid and, you know, then playing around with that and just experiencing, listening to the inner voice, experimenting. Um, it's been a lot of experimentation following my own revelation and then more so getting verification from outside sources mm-hmm. as to I'm not just crazy. This is actually working and it's actually doing these specific things. And <laughs> 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 so I'm going to say, what kind of experiences like, are people having on, on, your, on that? <laughs> I'm sorry. Hello? What kind of experiences are people having, you said? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, on your monocord. Yeah. Hold. Can we hold right. that thought? Because we sure. got to go to a commercial. Sure. Okay. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with Mur de Marmion. To find out more about us and the program, please visit creativedivinestudios.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, and this is Mur and Wendy at Journeys into the Heart of Vibration. And we are we are deep in this fascinating conversation with our guest, Derek Graziano, who is a luthier and a lapidarist and a musician and facilitator. And we're talking about crystal grids and all sorts of amazing stuff. So what, Derek, um, yes. Wendy, can you yes. resume the conversation? <laughs> I was wondering, Derek, what experiences people were having on that monochord, um, right. especially with the crystal grid that you have. Because I saw the video and uh, was just mesmerized by that grid. It's a good one. <laughs> it's a good one, right? <laughs> um, so when I built it, I, I made it with the intention of nothing specific from myself. And more so that whoever was going to sit in the chair was going to get the experience that they needed in that time. Um, and so that the basically I'm getting out of the way and kind of helping get the crystals all excited to do their own thing through the music that I'm feeling excited to play. And so, you know, there's people in my wooey community that, you know, they might be... <laughs> Doing doing massage and Reiki and craniosacral, and they sit down in the chair, and they're seeing light mandalas in their third eye, and they're feeling magnetic pockets moving through their chakras, 
and they just have this amazing blissful experience. And then their mother, who's visiting from out of town, that has no spiritual jargon, has a seat in the chair, and they have the experience of not having that much relief in their back for 18 years since they had that car accident, or my hip hasn't felt this flexible since I don't know when, my neck feels better. You know, somebody came to me, they had a problem with their shoulder, they've seen chiropractors for months, they got a 10-minute <laughs> session in my, sh- my chair, they came back to me the next day and were amazed that they went to scratch their back and they used their sore arm and they didn't even think about it and they scratched their back and then they realized, like, I haven't been able to do that with my shoulder for two years. So it's it's everything from physical relief to that activational type thing where people are visiting past lives, it feels like, or future lives, or sinking into this transition in their life and weighing out these two or three different options, and then after getting up in the chair, there's a clarity to that. Mm. That's amazing. I'm feeling it already. It's like, when are you you available? (laughs) (laughs) What, how long does a session take normally? Um, Go with intuitive. Yeah. I, I usually do the, it's about 35 minutes of, of you sitting in the chair and the music playing. Um, mm. And when I say the music playing, that's more so like I've used a crystal wand activator on you to open things up a little bit more. I'm using the chair where I'm not just, I don't just have this song that I play for everybody. It's everybody has this song that I play for them. And mm-hmm. some people I'm just strumming very lightly through their whole session. A lot of times I can feel it where the music changes, we're moving to another chakra. And I've even gotten tuned into like feeling these different magnetic pockets in my chakras and then getting verified by them saying, you know, when you switched it from here to this more rhythmical thing, you know, my heart just burst open and all these different things happened. And I, you know, I felt that. I felt something in my heart shift from where we just Mm. were for the previous 20 minutes. Um, and that's, that's, what's really fun is the, me learning, uh, in the beginning of using the chair to not judge the music that I'm about to play is going to be really intense, or I don't want to do this thing because that just seems too much or like, wow, are they really enjoying this? I'm just strumming really lightly. This isn't very exciting, but (laughs) getting out of that judgment and then just allowing people to give me feedback after I do let go and dive into that thing that seems too extreme, that was that moment, that shift in their music that brought them their moment of clarity or release. Mm. And so I I really enjoy that. It, it's like it's like jazz sound healing. <laughs> Spiritual <laughs> it's jazz. A, yeah. It's an improvisation of their energy dynamics being with the crystals. Very cool. Mm. You should and you should you should create a new music genre, um, esoteric jazz or something that would be. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a character has indeed. I like that. Crystal jazz. <laughs> Crystal jazz. So you, okay, you talked about making other instruments, and you were talking about the smudging wands and the crystal wands, and I saw a photo of one of your wands, and it's like, tell me more. <laughs> how do, do you I know how right? to pair? Do you make these for people specifically, or do you just make them, they tell you what they want to be paired with and, and how they want to look or, or what? Right. That is, it's kind of like the flute thing in that, you know, sometimes somebody will have a couple of specific crystals that they want me to use and they'll have me wrap a wand up for them. Um, more often than not, uh, basically the, the backbone of the wands, I guess you could call it, is always selenite with kyanite together. Mm-hmm. And selenite is, the, you know, you can use selenite to cleanse other crystals. You can use selenite to just cleanse your energy space. Um, the kyanite itself is actually an activator of the whole energy body. So it, it activates all the chakras. So putting that together with the selenite that cleanses everything is in the middle of all of the wands. And then on the two ends, um, I guess it feels like, like one end feels like the, I'm going to draw out your muck and I'm going to vacuum this thing out. And we're going to get this thing to the surface that's buried. And and now I'm going to jingle these bells and kind of get all that stuff moving. And the other end of the wand feels more of like this activator, igniter, kind of refilling up with this light energy. And so that side usually has something like a Lumerian crystal point on it or singing quartz, or, you know, I've done a couple with Tibetan quartz points and things like that nature on that end. And then the other end usually has things like shungite and black tourmaline and obsidian and amethyst and rose quartz. I I like to use a lot of uh, little Merkaba star tetrahedrons. Uh Um, And then on... On most of the wands, both ends, and on all the wands, at least one end, I have jingle bells on there. Mm-hmm. And so that's me utilizing that sound activation again to be shaking those crystals loose with the sound. Um, and so I do have, you know, I just sold one yesterday working at the drum shop. Um, I have a bunch available that I have made already where I am, you know, sometimes <laughs> I laugh at myself because I'm taking just like so long with these five crystals on my, my table and I'm this one together with this one. Okay. Move this one over here and move this one over there. And just like feeling which crystals want to get mated together and work together and which ones are just like, you know, I don't, I'm not in this mix. Put me over here. Um, and that's, that's, I guess, my building process of those wands is just kind of letting the crystals almost kind of decide who wants to work and play together. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Um, and so wow. the sound activation thing, if I could just dive in a little bit about the crystals themselves and what happens with the sound. Um, Please. Yeah. Yeah, crystal, yeah, the crystals themselves you know, it's how this whole thing that we're doing right now, talking to each other on phones and recording stuff, that's all happening because man, woman has found out how to harness 
the electromagnetic currents of precious minerals in circuitry and how to transfer electrical information between those currents. And so after building some instruments, building my dulcimer, doing my first flute, having these just electromagnetic experiences, um, I've gotten to talk to some physics professors and they're asking me if I know what I'm doing because my <laughs> instruments aren't doing anything until I play them. And when I play the instruments, I'm literally making electromagnetics and I'm making like a broadcast frequency, if you will. And so mm -hmm. that has been part of my driving force is I know music is a very universal thing. You know, I've played for people who we don't speak the same language, but we share a hug and tears at the end of it because the music is moving and the music can mm -hmm. transfer this emotional feeling and thought forms that words sometimes are, aren't capable of doing justice to. And our thoughts ourselves are electromagnetic and crystals contain this electromagnetic factor. And so by putting them all together, you play the instrument, you create this broadcast frequency that you're inputting your emotional frequency to, and the crystals and the music and your thoughts are just spiraling into this space that alone they couldn't get to. Hmm. That's amazing. And it, it, it's called piezo electromagnetics. And I've heard of that. Yeah, piezoelectric. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's you know that's how a microphone takes your voice and makes it come out of a speaker. Hmm. They're powerful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Wendy, you were talking about, about using your tuning fork <laughs> on a crystal. I'm sorry. What? You were talking about playing your tuning forks on crystals. Yeah, I, um, well, there are tuning forks out there that have crystal feet that right. you can put on the end, and so the, the sound goes through the gemstone foot into the oh, body. Oh, got it, okay, okay. Um, but I like to use just natural crystal and just place the fork on top of the crystal on any spot on the body. And right. It's, it. <clears throat> it's very powerful. You can really feel the shift. Cool. Right, and so what you're doing there is like, you know, you could do a laying on of stones, have somebody laying on your table and do stones on different energetic nodes and chakras, and that's going to do right. some really awesome stuff for them. You could do no stones and play your tuning forks on those different meridians and do all of that, and that's amazing, too, with those frequencies. But there's mm -hmm. a combination of the two of them. They're, they're doubling up into this space that they can't reach by themselves, the crystal or just the tuning fork. It's getting multiplied. Multiply, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I do. I do. I do a lot of in the field work in the in the bi in the biofield, but then I, there are specific places that actually light up that want that tuning fork. It's like me, me, me or a crystal. <laughs> and it yeah. It's really it's really interesting. It's like, you have demonstrated no, quick, life on the quick. body, and that's really the sacred geometry on top of that is, you know, a hundredfold more powerful. It's just that's so crazy. Cool. That's so cool. Well, we've got about two minutes to go in the show. So what else can we talk about here? Let me look at my... Oh. Eric, where do, you, where do you buyers want that? <laughs> um, 
So I have an Instagram page. My handle is Wizard of Graz. G R A Z, the beginning of my last name. And okay. you can find me through Facebook. I, I currently don't have a website up and running. Um, I've been kind of going through oh. a little retooling, transitional type phase. Um, you can still search sources of sound on Google or in Facebook and get attached with some contact information mm-hmm. to me. Um, but yeah, just my personal name and the Instagram page, Wizard of Graz, is where I've been doing more of my sales from these days. So if someone and, wanted uh, to buy Crystal Bridge for their guitar, they just contact you, and how would they get that installed in their guitar? Would you have to come to you? Right. A lot of times it's, you know, I'm taking a trip to Asheville, and I'm going to bring my guitar with me. Um, I gotcha. Or you, or you live in the area, because basically I... I, I, it's contemplated, and I've tried it one time with somebody sending me just the, the bridge piece, and then, you know, the fitment of getting it back into their guitar was not just right. right. And so to have it, <laughs> right. I, I have to have the, I have to have the instrument on hand to <laughs> actually make everything want to work together. Um, <laughs> but that's, you know, I've had one person send me their guitar in the mail to get that done. Um, and other people, you know, they've met me on one trip to Asheville and then they're coming back in six months. So they make it a point to get a hold of me a couple of weeks before they come and they bring their instrument. They know they're going to be here X amount of days. Um, I can usually turn over one instrument in two or three days if I know about that and have preparation for that. Sweet. Um, so you're doing private sessions. Do you do those at Skinny Beats? Or someplace um, else. I do sometimes do them out of here. Uh, the owner, Billy Zansky, is a really great guy. He's He lets me use the space when I need to. Um, okay. A lot of times I'm traveling to people's homes. Okay. I've gone to hotel rooms while people are in town or Airbnbs while people are in town. Um, I prefer the me come to you just because of the nature of the session. A lot okay. of times you may not be fully grounded or there might be information presented that could be better processed, not behind the steering wheel of a vehicle. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I would prefer come and bring that. I'd rather come and bring that space to you and then leave you in that space to process uh-huh. in your own way. Right. Well, we're down to, uh, down to 30 seconds to close the show. So if individuals want to contact you about a private session, they they contact you at the um, Wizard of Graz. Is that correct? Your Facebook yeah. page? Yeah. And you just send you a message? Okay. Yep. Um, thank you both. This has been an amazing show. Um, really appreciate you being on the show. Um, Derek, thanks. And Wendy, welcome. A formal yeah, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Derek, I hope and to see you soon. <laughs> definitely, thank you for having me. I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about what I do. It was wonderful. Right. We look forward to meeting uh, you in person for I'm sure. I'm at Skinny Beats every Sunday and Tuesday. If y'all ever want to stop in, okay, we know where I'll to find there. you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, that's our show for today. We will see you next week at 4 p.m. Eastern time, and. Stay tuned.
thank you for tuning into Journeys into the Heart of Vibration with Mur DeMarmian. We'll be back with another edition next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a good week ahead.